Well, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to show up at church today. This is the Lord's Day, and we will rejoice, amen? Well, we've already had church, <laughs> and I'd like to say that, you know, I'm done, but I'm not. As I studied this week, as I sought the Lord on what it is He would have me share, I landed on some things, and I was actually going one way, and of course you, you guys know this, it happens all the time, but the Holy Spirit said, I got, I've got a fun one for you. It's not a fun one. Okay? Last day scoffers and mockers. <laughs> In the last day judgment of God. How many know that God will judge the living and the dead? Those who are righteous will be welcomed into the kingdom of heaven. Those who are not will be what? Shown the exit sign. Jesus said, take those lazy and wicked servants and cast them into hell. We're going to talk about that today. Is that a fun title? Nope. Is it a fun message? Nope. Is it an important message? Yes. Let's start out. I'm going to be reading from 2 Peter. If you have your swords with you, if you have your Bibles, we call the Bible a sword, right? <laughs> Hebrews 4.12. It can cut deep, which it should. We need that, don't we? 2 Peter 3, beginning with verse 1. This is my second letter, Peter said, to you, dear friends. So he's, he's talking to the church, right? These are friends of his. And in both of them, both letters, I have tried to stimulate your wholesome thinking and refresh your memory. How many have a memory? How many, the older you get, you question that? I'm telling you, sometimes I play hide-and-go-seek with myself. Why? You know, instead of putting things where I should put them where they belong, like a set of keys, instead of putting them where they belong, I hide them on myself thinking, oh, I'll remember I put them there next time. And next time comes, and I don't remember. And I'm looking all over the house, trying to find the keys, and I'm like, ah! And then I find the keys right where I hid them. I'm like, come on. So he's trying to refresh their memory. Verse 2, I want you to remember what the holy prophet said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. What did they say? Now there are quite a few different verses from the Old Testament that could have been quoted here, but I just wanted to look at one, and they believe this is one of them that Jesus was talking about. What sorrow, Isaiah said. In some of the verses or versions, it uses the word woe. Everybody say, woe is not good. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Woe. What sorrow for those who drag their sins behind them. 
with ropes made of lies, who drag wickedness behind them like a cart. They even mock God and say, hurry up, do something. We want to see what you can do. Let the Holy One of Israel carry out His plan, for we want to know what it is. Word of advice, don't be this person. All right? Folks think they're getting away with something. They make fun of your faith. They make fun of who you believe in. The One, Jesus. But I promise you there is coming a day when God's judgment is going to be poured out. And people that do this kind of thing, people that mock God, are going to pay the ultimate price. This isn't funny. They think it's funny now, but trust me, they will not think it's so in the end. The next verses, the next two verses. What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is, light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves so clever. Just a little word on this word woe, which translates sorrow. Isaiah identified here the God mockers. This word woe, it denotes pain, discomfort, and unhappiness. What he's really saying is people that drag their sins around with them, they're in sorrow. You can't be happy if you are living in sin. We see it all over the news, the media. We see people trying to stuff things into their lives that will not make them happy because they are sinful things. The only place that you're going to be happy, the only way that you're going to be happy is if you put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. That's it. There's no other way. This word woe is often used in prophetic speech in both the Old and New Testament. One commentary said this, Sorrows or woes are an exclamation of judgment upon God's enemies. The Bible says you're either for Him or you're against Him. Say that with me. You're either for Him or you're against Him. You have to decide. Every person has to make this decision. And this word reflects sadness over those who fail to recognize the true misery of their condition. That's why we need to be praying. We need to be praying for a revival. We need to be praying for people to repent, turn from their wicked ways, and come back to God. Church, this is our duty according to Scripture. The result is that these people carry the weight of their sins along with them throughout their life and will one day face God's judgment. A woe is the opposite of a blessing. I like being blessed. I don't want to be woed. I don't want to walk in my sorrows. I don't want to drag my sins behind me. When the Bible talks about judgment, according to Merriam-Webster, it defines judgment as the final judging of hu humankind by God. How many know there's a day coming? We call it, 
in uh, the church, we call it the white, great white throne judgment. This is when the Lord is going to judge those who reject Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross. You know, we just spent Easter just loving on our King. Excited about the fact that Jesus went to the grave, but He also rose from it. The grave couldn't hold Him. And now He has, according to Scripture, He has the keys to death and to Hades. We are a blessed people, and we can rejoice in that. Moving along, 2 Peter 3, verse 3. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, say last days, in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? Didn't we just read this? But it was in the Old Testament. This is New Testament. From before the the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was created. That's what these mockers are saying. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. However, there was one big change. <laughs> and that happened right around the turn of the first century when Jesus showed up. He was the change. The Bible says He came to fulfill the Old Testament law. We are no longer governed by it. Through His death, burial, and resurrection, we have life. We are going to be resurrected into our glorious new bodies one day. You might be packing a few extra pounds today, but when you're in that new body, you aren't going to have to worry about it. Now I'm thinking there's going to be food in heaven because there's supposed to be a marriage supper to the Lamb. And listen, if you don't think God can throw a spread, but I'm just guessing, this is part of heaven that's going to be amazing, is you and I aren't going to pack on those extra pounds when we eat all those nachos with nacho cheese all over them. (laughs) Heaven is a good place. It's a real place. But there's another place that we don't want to go. (laughs) And there aren't any nachos. But there's plenty of fire, plenty of heat. We'll talk about that in just a minute. How many know God is a just God? What does that mean? He's right. He is right. He never judges unfairly. If you're judged, it's because you deserve it. Thankfully, through Jesus, we don't have to be judged as a sinner. When we confess our sins to Him and accept what Jesus did on the cross for us and believe in our heart that He died just for me, we will be saved. We are saved. And from that point on, your life should be blessed. Verse 5. They deliberately forget that God made the heavens by the word of His command. Realize that this whole passage right here is talking about what? Judgment. Right? 
He brought the earth out from the water and surrounded it with water. Then he used the water to destroy the ancient world with a mighty flood. Who are we talking about there? Noah. And by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been stored up for fire. They are being kept for the day of judgment. When ungodly, listen to this, when ungodly people will be destroyed. God never destroyed the righteous. He only destroyed the unrighteous. I'm going to talk about that more in depth here in just a minute. So the day of judgment is for the ungodly people who reject Jesus. This is a real event. And it is going to take place. Some would say, how can a good God, listen to me, how can a good God... The God who created us, judge people, and then send them to hell. He created us for crying out loud. And then He's going to turn around and send us to the flame? Don't be stealing my thunder down there. (laughs) But you're absolutely correct. God doesn't send people to hell. People send themselves to hell through their actions or their inactions, whichever way that may go. Now I want you to see something about God, and Peter brings this out in the next part of this uh, chapter. He describes God's goodness and mercy, and I'm sharing this just so that you understand God is not this hateful God up there. Just I use the analogy of us squishing a bug. So I went out fishing Friday. I didn't tell you this. I went out fishing with, with my brother Dan over here, and uh, there was still ice on the water on the lake we were on. And I, the whole time we were out there, we were out there about five hours, I think, and, and the whole time I kept getting this spider web. You know, the wind's blowing it, and it's in my mouth, it's in my eyes, it's on my ears. I'm like, come on! And I finally spotted him. He was on my trolling motor. And I, I tried to squish him, but he was too quick, and he jumped out of the way, and I'm like, you watch, he's going to climb on me. Right? So I leave the boat launch on my way home. After we were done not catching any fish, not one, it doesn't happen to me. But it, it was a beautiful day, though. About 20 minutes off the launch. He was on the bill of my hat, and he drops right in front of my line of sight, and I'm like, that's it. Yes, I took my hands off the steering wheel. I watched him crumple into a little body. I'm sorry if you love spiders. I like spiders when they aren't climbing on me. Some of us think that's how God is with us. That he's just waiting for that opportunity to just go. That is so incorrect. God is not hateful. God is loving. He loves you. Let me share this now. Leading up to this. Verse 8, but you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. God is not held by time. 
The Lord isn't really slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient. Everybody say that. Patient. For whose sake? For your sake. For my sake. He does not want, and this is my underline, He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but He wants everybody to repent. Come on now. Does this look like a hateful God? No, absolutely not. We serve a loving God. He has prepared a way where there was no other way. But we have to take advantage of it. Now read this next verse. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. How does a thief come? Jesus talks about this more in the Gospels. But how does a thief come? You don't know he's coming. Suddenly, a lot of times in the night when you least expect it, then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise. The very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. So here we see God's love, and then we see his judgment. I wanted to share quickly this talks about heaven and earth being burned up. In uh, Revelation 21, it says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is the Apostle John on the island of Patmos. We heard about him last week. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. What? Scripture confirming Scripture. And the sea was also gone. And I saw, here it comes, the holy city. The new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Woohoo! Can you get excited? I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone. Forever! That's the new heaven that we have to look forward to. Verse 11, since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly life should you live? Here it goes. This is the part where it turns around and it's facing at us. He's talking to the church. What holy and godly life should you live? Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. I don't necessarily understand that part other than to say the more people that come into the kingdom, the sooner God's coming back. My paraphrase. On that day He will set the heavens on fire. And the elements will melt away in the flames. We are looking... Did I already read this? Oh. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth that He has promised. A world filled with God's righteousness. That's where I should have read that passage. Okay, next verse. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort... Hear me. Make every effort... Hear me. Make every effort... To be found living peaceful lives. We don't like this part. 
pure, blameless in his sight. We should have no indictment aiming at us. We should have no offense aimed at us from someone that we've wounded or offended or hurt or whatever. That includes yourself. And remember the Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is the God we serve. It is so much easier to think of God as this loving being, and so many do. Oh, God is love. And He is. But there's another side. He is holy. He is just. The brother down here said He is jealous. Jealous of us. When we serve any God but Him, little G, (laughs) not a good place. God is giving people time to repent, to turn from their wicked ways. God is a just God. We must understand that God will one day judge the wicked for their sins. It's going to happen. It's not if, it's when. What can God's people do to ensure that they are not burned up during this great white throne judgment? Simply this, spend time in prayer. Continually. How many, how many make mistakes? Sinfully, you make mistakes. Sinfully, you, you might... I, I've shared this. I've told on myself before. This last week, again, I found myself calling myself an idiot. Like three or four times. And I'm like, you know what the Scripture says? Don't call anyone a fool. For they shall be, what? Cast into, I think the word is racha. Don't do that. You're not, Mary, you're up here, you're like nothing, right? You're feeling like the enemy's just coming at you. Don't be that person. You are valuable. God bought you, paid the price for you with the blood of His one and only Son, Jesus. And one one little atom of God's blood makes you infinitely valuable to Him and to the world. Don't call yourself stupid, foolish, unworthy. We aren't worthy, but God makes us worthy. In his righteousness. Continually go to the cross. Lay down any sins that the Holy Spirit exposes in you. And listen to me. This is why it's so important you have a relationship with God. This isn't a once and done. It's not just getting baptized in that tank over here, ladies. It's a, it's a, this is the beginning of a life God wants to give you and listen, I know we all struggle. We all have our issues. There are things in our life that we battle daily. And it will probably never change till we're in heaven in that glorious body. But in the meantime, you are never alone. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus your Lord. And there is no weapon formed against you that will prosper. Meaning, it will have no effect upon you as long as 
You're looking up, serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Holy Spirit is a cleansing fire. When you go to Him, and the better news is, when He puts the flame to you, it doesn't burn you up. It doesn't destroy you. When people go to hell, they're going to wish they were destroyed. So go to the Holy Spirit now instead of the flames that are coming next at the judgment day. Don't resist God's discipline. So important. Let Him discipline you. Let Him purify you daily. I found this illustration and I, lo- I, I wanted to share it with you. In, in the 18th or 19th century, remember when all the, it's unpopular now, but wagon trains were heading west, right? Pioneers were going to find that piece of ground where they could raise cattle and farms and have lots of children and all that stuff. But the hardships were many during this westward expansion in North America. And there was one menace that we don't hear too much about, but it was evident, it was there, and that is prairie fires. We know a lot of other things killed them too, but prairie fires were really bad. Because when they started, you couldn't really tell where to go. You could be surrounded, and by the time you figured it out, it'd be too late. There was nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. And if you just stayed put and didn't do anything, guess what would happen? You burned up. Hello? But there was one thing that they thought of to do. They stood where they were. They lit a match. And they burned the grass in the area around them. So in other words, they burned it so it would go out and meet the prairie fire wherever it was at so that the prairie fire wouldn't come in on them and choke them out and burn them to to bits. As the wall of flame surged around them, they were kept safe. How? By standing where the fire had already been. Are you catching the analogy here? You need to stand in the fire sometimes. You know, when we open this altar up, and, and listen, I hope you take advantage of this. I want to see this church as the altar church. <laughs> People coming up here saying, Lord, I need some stuff burned off today. I need you to get rid of this because my heart right now is just beating it, and I know I'm not in the right place. That's what the altar is for. You come to him and you say, Lord, I know this isn't right, but I need you to help me make it right. Wash me, Lord, in your blood. Cleanse me from my sins. Make me that righteous person you intend me to be. That's what the altar is all about. And that's what this is talking about. In Luke 12, 49, Jesus said, I have come to set the world on fire. Meaning, with His message. Brett Blair said of this, There is no escaping God's judgment that comes as a result of Jesus' sufferings on the cross. In other words, God made a way out. There is only one safe place to stand, and that is where the match of God's judgment has already been struck. 
the foot of the cross. Are you catching this today? If you are, would y'all say amen? When you come to the cross and you confess your sin before the Lord, He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and make you a new person. I believe that with all my heart. It doesn't take a nuclear scientist to figure this out. In fact, they probably won't get it because it's too simple. God made a way where there was no other way. But we are expected, folks, to lay our sins down and to come to Him and confess them and to let God do what only He can do, and that is to purify us and make us holy. This isn't a once and done. I'm saying it again because it bears witness. This is something we do every single day of our lives if necessary. Don't ever think, oh God, I know you don't want to hear from me again. That is so far from the truth. That's the enemy saying that. God wants to hear from you just like you want to hear from your kids. Nobody gets up on Monday and goes, man, I hope I don't hear from my kids till Friday. No, you want to know what they're doing because you love them. They're part of you. And we're part of God's kingdom. We're His kids. And He wants to know how you're doing. Let them know. Have that conversation. Well, how do I do that? How do you think you do that? It's called P-R-A-Y-E-R. Prayer. It's called getting on your face, getting on your knees and saying, Lord, help me. To be the person you want me to be. You designed me to be somebody. I want to be that person. Bring the good out, Lord. And the rest of it, help me to get cleansed of it. You know what I'm saying? I just had the thought of somebody letting gas and you try to get away from it. You ever do that in the store? You have, haven't you? <laughs> and when you realize what you did, you, you were thinking it was all silent, nobody heard it, and then you smell it and you're like, whoa! <clears throat> Wasn't me! That's what we should be doing with our sin, folks. Leaving it at the cross. Because to God, it smells like that. Hello? Do you think, and I'm going to close with this pretty soon, maybe. Praise God for the, never mind. June is having a moment here. Accept what the Son did on behalf of you. 1 Peter 2.24 He personally carried our sins in His body on the cross, so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. Would you say that the underlying part? Be dead to sin, live for what is right. By His wounds, Peter said, you are healed. Once you were like sheep who wandered away, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Be dead to sin. Live for what is right. You see, the flesh 
it wants to keep going back just, just to help June like a dog goes back to its vomit. Now, we're, we're just covering the whole range. Yeah, yeah. That's what the Bible talks about. When we are born again and we go back to that old man lifestyle, to that sinful lifestyle, it's like a dog going back to its vomit. Get that picture in your face, in your head. Is it pleasant? No, that's my point. I don't want it to be. When you go back to your sinful life, then so I can eat again. Nobody does that. And I'm sorry if I'm grossing you out. I'm trying to. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where was I? Up, Chuck. Do you listen to the Good Shepherd's voice? Do you even know his voice? That's a good place to start. How many follow Jesus? John 10, 27 and following says, My sheep will listen to my voice. This is Jesus saying this. And they will follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. Listen to this good shepherd's voice. Get to know it. Get to know it. It will save your life. As I begin to close, and Sarah apparently is coming to play softly. Many believe we are in the last days. We're surrounded by scoffers and mockers of God. You see it all the time on the news. They don't necessarily have to say I don't believe in God. You can tell by the way they're living their lives they don't believe in God. They will be judged for their sins unless they repent and turn to God like us, like you and I. It's never too late to turn. It doesn't matter who they are. If, and and I say this, If Hitler had, on his deathbed, said, forgive me of my sins, I believe God would have forgiven him. It's not an easy thing to think of, but... So no matter where you're at today, no matter how wicked you think you are, or how bad you've been, like that one old song, Bad to the Bone... You may think you're that guy or that girl, but you're not. God's seen it all, knows it all, knows everything about you. There's nothing that's going to take him by surprise. Come to the cross. Jesus is saying this, run to the cross. Don't just come, run to the cross. Allow God's mercy to pour over you. Do you have hidden sins? Stand with me. Do you have hidden sins? Listen to me. People that are living in sin are not going to go to heaven. 
the apostles made that clear in all the epistles. You must be born again. You must be living a life that is blameless, that's holy. That doesn't mean you don't make mistakes, but when you do, what do you do? Go to the cross. Go to the altar. Go wherever you have to go to make it right. And cry out to your loving God. Show mercy upon me, Lord. Here's the warning. Don't wait until you're standing at the judgment seat of Christ to turn to the Lord because by then it's too late. When this heart stops beating and you no longer take breath, that's the end. Your future is dictated at that point. Did you know that Jesus spoke of hell more than heaven? In the Greek, the word is pronounced Gehenna, which means the valley of the son of Gehenna. And it's used figuratively as a name for the place or state of everlasting punishment. There are many passages where Jesus talks about hell. I just wanted to share this one. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who can kill the body and after that have nothing more than they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has authority to cast you where? Into hell. hell. That's that word, Gehenna. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Fear the Lord. Proverbs 1, 7. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Don't let this be you. You be the opposite. You welcome God's discipline. You welcome His wisdom. Where do you find His wisdom? Right here in this book called the Bible. Here are just a few places. You can always come back and look at this if you want to. These are places God spoke of hell or Hades. God doesn't send people to hell. People send people to hell. They send themselves. We have two choices. First, stay in your sinful state and go to eternal judgment or punishment. Drag your sins around all your life. Everywhere you go, like a train behind you, train cars, your sins follow you. Or, I like this part, submit to God's mercy, accept his gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Father, with heads bowed today, I just ask if you're here today and and you're not ready, you know if your heart were to stop beating right now that there's things in your life that need to be dealt with. I want to pray with you. Would you just lift your hand up real quick so I can see it? Thank you. Put them down. You may be a somebody that's professed Christianity for years and years and years but you're walking in sin there's secret things that nobody else knows about about you 
And God wants you to know that He wants you in heaven to be with Him forever. But you can't drag that baggage into heaven. It ain't going to happen. If it's on you, you're going to be prevented from entering God's kingdom. And this is where I want everybody here to really think about this. Don't be flippant or anything else. But ask the Lord, would you say this with me, Heavenly Father? Help me to see in my soul today. Is there something in me, hidden sin, preventing me from your best? Preventing me from entering heaven? I want you just to dwell on that just for 30 seconds and just let God speak to you. there's something in you that God pointed out, the Holy Spirit pointed out in you. In just a minute, I'm just going to say, come. Just make an altar. I don't want to know what it is. It's between you and the Lord. But I want you to make an altar and I want you to come up here and I want you to lay it down. Symbolically, just lay it down. And and I'm going to pray with everybody. And if you raise your hand there just a minute ago and you're not sure if you're ready, I want you to be up here. Just fill this altar. And I'm going to invite you now. Come, come. If if anything, God's working on you right now and He's saying it. Get down there. Get down to that altar. Get down. This represents the cross. This represents that place of repentance where the blood of Jesus washes your sins away. You are made righteous in Christ. And if your pride is saying, well, what are people going to think when I go down there? They're going to think you're really smart because you don't want to burn up in hell. Get down here. Make your peace with God cry out to him today prayer partners you're welcome to come and begin laying hands on these folks I know we've gone over a little with our baptisms today it was amazing and I'm glad we did and I don't want anybody to feel rushed if you must go please just exit quietly but this altar is open right now Can we sing the song?